Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Okay, Father, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your kindness and your mercy and your goodness to us. We just give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, that wasn't the worship great? I love that. I was just like, I was talking to Will back there, and I was like, I love that song, but who's art? (laughs) How great thou art? And I was like, art's going to have a really big big head, and then he cleans it up with, with how great is our God, right? And so I was like, oh, well, we got to come in. I know art's great, but if we're going to sing to art, we better sing to God, too, right? Yeah. And we're sitting there talking, and, and it was like, and Will was like, well, we are his masterpiece. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, we're just like this. Yeah, we're just one little piece of the universe. And I said, yeah, but we're all of it at the same time. He's like, yeah, there's truth in that, right? And I was like, and we didn't even need pot or skunkweed to come to that conclusion, right? We're just like that, man. We're just that cool and that laid back, right? So um, anyway, I'm excited about about today, and um, my whole goal today is um, I'm going to mess with religious people, okay? I got, I got a, I got a um, mission, right? I'm going to shake you out of your tree. Now, I know no one's religious in here, so I'm mainly aiming at a camera that's not even on. <laughs> right? So I guess my mission's totally just to you guys. Congratulations, right? So anyway, so it's probably good since I'm talking about skunk weed, right? Yeah. So I don't even know what that is. I don't either. I just think it stinks, whatever I drive by. Okay, so I, I was just like... Um, Getting, getting ready for, for church, and um, yesterday I actually got to do, um, I was a speaker at a thing called Horsapalooza, and so it's not Appaloosas, but it's a Horsapalooza, it's for the 4-H, and so the 4-H kids are all, um, like they all have to come, they make them come to this, or they can't show their horses, but last year I spoke, and so this year all the kids wanted to ask for me to come back and speak, and so um, it was really cool, my first class was so full, they had to do a second class, so I spoke for two hours, and it was a blast. I had fun, and I don't even like kids, really. Like, I don't even like my own kids, but I put up with them. But it, it, was, it was fun, but I was so tired when I got home. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to preach on or how, how this is, and I thought, well, I'll just keep going with where I'm rolling from. Got up this morning and went and fed, and I actually worked a horse this morning. And then come and took a shower. So I'm having a really productive day. I got lots of energy right now. And I'm excited. It's Super Bowl Sunday, right? The Dallas Cowboys are not going to win it for the 50th year in a row. And I'm excited about that, too. And um, But you guys are at church, right? It's Super Bowl Sunday, and you guys are here at church. What's the matter with you guys? Don't you like football? But it just seemed like you like Jesus better. Yeah. So um, I'm excited about what God's doing in my life. I started off, I was talking about living from our senses. And so much of the time, I think that's what we do. Um, there's a difference between um, relationship and religion. Like, you can be religious about anything. 
Like, like I can be religious about my schedule. Like I got, well, my, I got to get up at this time and I got to do this and I got to do that. I am, I try to be flexible because like, I'm not real good. Like God never created me to work nine to five. Like every time I do, I get fired. And so I was like, that's a clue. So like, I'm real independent kind. I got to move around and go here and there. So, so like, I'm not, when I get into a routine, I'm trying to build my routine so my routine in the morning is not religious, but it's relational, right? So, like, when I get up, I, I, I don't have a certain thing that I say to my wife every morning, right? Except maybe good morning, right? And, and um, but I don't even have to say that. I want to have that same kind of relationship with God that I have just like he you or me, right? But I'm not going to talk to God like he's way off. I want to talk to God like he's in me. That's why I close my eyes. When I close my eyes, like there's a whole kingdom in there. And now I've shut the world off, and now I am with God. I can talk to God. I can go into my closet. What I do in my closet, God will do on the outside. So it's real important to take time and, and to spend with God. Actually, the, the Jewish... Um, people and the rabbis have a thing called a tallit. And they literally, when they cover themselves up with the tallit, they go in and they pray, and they call it, it's like their closet. What are they doing? They're covered by God, and, and, and they're, they're in with God all by themselves, talking with him, visiting with him, right? And that's what I want to do. I want to be able to talk to him and say, you know what? Hey, how you doing? Right? How about that Super Bowl? Who do you got? Right? He never tells me. Right? I actually tried to ask like a year ahead so I could put money on it. Because I figure he already knows that he don't tell me that. But I, it don't hurt to ask. One of these days he may. Right? And, and so, um, so the only thing he told me was that the Cowboys aren't going to win this year. Right? And so... Um, but I want to have a relationship with him where I'm talking with him. I don't want to rely on my senses. I want to rely on my spirit. I want to hear him talk. And when you take time to just spend with him, then what you're allowing is for him to talk to you, right? You get a lot of things talking at you. Like you get these voices in your head, like maybe no one else does. Maybe you guys are getting ready to call the psychiatrist, right? And say, Pastor James has voices in his head, right? You all do. Every one of you do. You got things screaming at you like, well, you're not good enough. Or remember when that dude did this to you? Or, you know, or, or what if this dude does that to you too? Or like all these things coming in your head, those are not you. I had to realize that. Those are thoughts. Jesus talked about, about casting down imaginations and things that exalt itself against. Uh, above the knowledge of who? Of God. What does that say? Our thoughts are not always our thoughts. But he, he, says, he says, and Jesus made it clear, my thoughts, or God made it clear, my thoughts, they're not your thoughts. My thoughts, they're way higher, right? You need to think on a whole different level. And we're down here, and we're, and we're thinking on a bad level, or we're, try, we're mad at someone, like, I'm going to wipe them out. God, you wipe them out. You do this, you do that. And God's like, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are higher. The Holy Spirit will never direct you to take out another person. Ever. Ever. No matter how religious and righteous you feel like you are, 
right? He will not direct you to take out another human being. Now, if you're in war, right, that's different. You're a soldier and you're going to battle, then you might have to shoot someone, right? That's part of the job, right? I ain't talking like that. But we get into this religious mindset where we're trying to, oh, look at me. Thank God. I suck, but I don't suck as bad as they do. Come on. Like, am I wrong? No, we get in this mindset, and then, oh, well, or I'm really rotten, but look, they're way better than me. I wish I could be like Pastor James. He's so handsome. I know you think about that all the time, right? Right? And it's not. I'm just like you guys. We are all made in the image and the likeness of God. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with God's word, and there's nothing wrong with you. Now live in his grace and his love and his righteousness, and just live. Have fun. And you know what? Allow other people to live. Other people can be stupid, too. And you got to let them be stupid. Like, you can't fix them. Let them be. They'll figure it out. Right? I used to do that in the round pen. I'd be doing my Colts, and I'd get, be taking my time, and I'd see these young guns, oh, we're going to win. Watch this. And I can see the, horse, uh, the look on the horse's face, and he's like, his eyes are this big, and he's tensed up, and he's like this. And they're like, look, I got a saddle on him, and he didn't move, and now I'm getting ready to crawl on him, and he didn't move, and I'm a natural horseman, and this horse has got to know I'm a natural horseman. And I'm like, dude, that horse doesn't think there's anything natural about what you're doing. There is nothing natural about you crawling on his back. And so I always watch because I'm wanting to pause for the moment when they crawl on. Part of me pities the horse. But there's this evil part of me that says, this is going to be fun watching. And guess what it is? It's fun watching. So I could go over there and say, hey, stupid, don't do that. But I don't. We actually, I was in, in, in Centennial, Colorado, and I was with Fasto Navarro was competing with me. Is the year he won the, fi- won the national finals. He's from Costa Rica. He's a really good hand. And um, a good friend, he was actually my pin holder when I was at the finals the year after. But we're sitting there, and they bring this guy up from Cuba. So there's four trainers. There was me, Fausto, this guy from Cuba, and another guy from Nebraska. And so me and Fausto, our colts are doing good. Like, I'm on my colt. And I don't even have a, have a halter on him. Like, I, nothing on his head. And Fausto's like magic, man. He just like, I don't know what he does. Some kind of spell he casts on the horse with his voodoo. Shouldn't be right, right? And so but here's this Cuban guy. He comes over from Cuba, swims, beats all the, all the sharks, comes to work at a racetrack in, in, in Cuba and starts breaking horses, starting horses. And then he does real good, so he ends up in, in Denver, well, while he's in Denver, he starts this wild stud that no one can handle, and he did real good. So Animal Planet was there filming him. And they're like, okay, here's this super horse whisperer, and he's going in, and he's going to, um, and he's going to um, win. We're, watch him win this challenge, because like, he's like the best on the planet, right? And so me and Fausto are like, there's cameras all over the place. And me and Fausto are sitting there, we're just like, whatever, you know, don't matter, we're just going to have fun. And so we're looking over, the one guy, Nebraska dude, should have stayed in Nebraska. He was as bad as the Cornhuskers, right? 
football team, right? Just should have stayed there. And then, then Fausto was phenomenal, right? And then I look over there, and we're watching this Cuban guy. And he's already on that horse, but that horse is locked up, man. And that horse is bucking, that horse is ringing its tail, and he's barely hanging on, and they got all these TV cameras over here going, oh my gosh, this is not how we scripted this. And so, so the announcer comes to me at break, and he's like, hey, he's like, can you tell him what you're doing? <laughs> so maybe he can get through it? And I was like, sure. So I'm over there trying to tell him, and, and the, the TV announcer guy, he spoke Spanish, and so this other guy didn't, so he's sitting there relaying it back and forth. And I was like, why are you talking to me? Fausto speaks Spanish fluently. They're like, well, we don't have time, right? So I actually helped him, and he done better, right? But I was like, sometimes, like, I just sat back and was like, you know what? You're stupid. The whole TV crew's stupid. <laughs> and at the end of the day, they laughed. They didn't come back the next day because we messed up their story, Right? And so, so I didn't get to be on Animal Planet, and we and I, we were winning. Me and Fausto, like I barely got beat. I was like barely second, you know, and, was, and I really won, you know. <laughs> but they left. So, but I had to watch and allow them to be stupid, right? Well, it didn't hurt me. I'm running my own race, right? And sometimes you can't fix stupid. You just got to let it work itself out, right? So, so. Even if you think it's stupid, like you probably think Pastor James preaching is stupid right now, right? You're wrong, but you can think that way, and you're right. You can't fix this kind of stupid, right? Right? I am not stupid, by the way, right? I am smart. I am, right? I am, right? So, so, but the whole point is we get so caught up. Like, we're trying to fix everything about everyone else, and I believe this. And I know this. And then we're like, you got to believe it too. And we get so intense, they're like, oh my God. Like horses, I see that with, with trainers. They come up to the horse or people with horses. Oh, like I had a lady who had a big old Frisian and that's how she could approach her horse and she turned that horse into a basket case. I was like, lady, I was like, you're freaking me out. Back up, right? She so come up like this. He's a prey animal. You're a predator. He thinks you're going to eat him. Chill out. And that's how we're coming at people. And we're doing it in the name of Jesus is what's the, the sad part. And that's why I hit this so hard. Not because you guys need it, but usually the camera's there. And I know there's someone out there who really does need it. And so I'll just pretend like there's a camera there today. Is that okay with you guys? So I was talking about living from your five senses, right? It's the tombstones. Like, like, you might as well be living in the cemetery because it's just a record of the past, a record of the dead is all it's good for. But, but you have your, your, your eyes. What are you seeing? Well, if I see it, I'll believe it. Remember, there's this disciple that was like that. Do you remember him? What was his name? Thomas. Thank God it wasn't James. Like, I'm glad they were smarter than that, right? Right? But it's Thomas. Jesus himself. Rose again. And he says, I won't believe it unless I stick my fingers in those nail-scarred hands. I will not believe it unless I can see it, unless I can touch it. And, and I don't care about what you're telling me. I got to see it with my physical eyes. 
And Jesus is like, look, it's great if you can see, but blessed are those who can believe and not see with their senses. Do you believe in God because you see him? Do you believe what you believe just because you see it? You hear stuff all the time, and it's always coming into our head. Faith comes by what? Hearing. If faith comes that way, so does everything else. Doubt comes that way too. Right? You're, you're like, that's why I'm real selective on what I watch. Like, can I give myself segments? I'm even selective on Facebook anymore because, like, every time I turn it on, I flip on some and it makes me mad and it ruins my whole day. I was like, because I try to want to fix stupid. Right? And I'm like, you know what? I can't fix stupid. You know what I can fix? Is how I am. And if I can take care of that, then everything else works out. So Jesus actually told him, he said, said, look, he said, you guys are trying to take the splinter out of one guy's eye when you got a railroad tie running through yours. And you're worried about that? How about you worry about your own, then you can help the someone else. Because I guarantee you when you fix your own stuff, you'll have a whole lot more sympathy for someone else. My, my um, daughter, one of my daughters, um, she, she was a teen mom, and she went through some stuff. She actually, um, with her kids, and, and married a mean guy that was really rough on the kids, and then she went through abusive stuff and all this stuff, and then she finally found someone who, who was really good to her, right? And so, so I was so proud of her because she's like, you know something? She's like, now she's got a job where she's working in the court system and with, with the Department of Human Services, and she's going in and counseling women who had went right through what she went through. And so she's like, when I was in it, Dad, she's like, everybody was telling me, you know, well, why can't you see this? Why are you so stupid? Why don't you just leave? Why don't? She's like, they don't ever ask them why. They just tell them, you should do this. She's like, I can go in and tell them, hey, I've been where you were at. I know what you're going through. This is how I see it now, though. I don't see it like that. What, like, and, I, and I wasn't always smart about how I handled that. I wasn't the best dad at that, right? But I learned from it. She learned from it. And now she's not just changing her life, but she's changing other people's lives. And she's like, Dad, this is what I'm born for. I love it. And everything she went through, God is using to bless other people. You think that stuff, that stupid stuff they're doing, if they ever figure it out, they're going to be able to help the people that are doing the same stupid stuff and get them through it. So let them be stupid. That's my theory in horse training. Everybody's like, I got to make that horse do this and that. I was like, let the horse get the stupid out. When the stupid's out, then we can work with it. Instead of trying to do this, do that, do this, do that. Now you're saved. Guess what? I got your to-do list. Right? That's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus died for you. He took away every one of your sins. And he wasn't just some historical figure that lived in the past. And he's not just some great king that's coming back in the future. You know what? I was reading in John. Anybody ever read in John? It's in the New Testament, I think. 
is right behind Deuteronomy. Right? So, so in John, Jesus' love is sweeter than candy. See that? So John, we, we see, see in John chapter... Um, in John chapter 12, we see the triumphal entry, right? Do you know what that is? That, that's Palm Sunday. That's the day, that, that's lamb, lamb Selection Day. So here Jesus is. The crowds are gathered. They're waiting for the lambs to come through. And here Jesus himself comes through. They're, they're not just seeing or hearing with their eyes, but they're getting to see and experience what God is really doing in their life. Jesus himself was living, walking, talking among them in the flesh. They could see him with their senses. They could hear his voice. They could touch him and taste him, I don't think. I hope not. Right? But the whole point is he was right there in the midst of them. Here's the promised king. And he's coming down. And the lambs are coming. And here the lamb of lambs, the king of kings, the Messiah was coming and he was walking down and they're waving their palm leaves and they're saying, oh, this is the Messiah. He's coming just like I told him to. He's coming to do this and he's coming to do that. I know this is the Messiah. And so, so they're waving their palm and, and leaves and they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save us, I beseech you. Baruch Ababa Shemit Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is Jesus. Here's Jesus coming. Here's Jesus riding down. They can see him, hear him, touch him, probably smell him. I'm sure he smelled good. He's a Rosa Sharon. Right? Sharon's like that. That's good, right? So they had to smell good. Sure, they didn't taste him, but they could have if they bit him. Right? And they were still stuck in their superstitions, in their prejudices, and in their false beliefs. In fact, so much to the point that Jesus says this. Jesus says, in 12:37 he said even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence they still would not believe him look they 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 done he done what fulfilled prophecy itself right there and every Jew knew that they saw it with their own eyes they heard it with their own ears And Jesus is like, look, even, even after Jesus had done these miraculous signs in their presence, right in front of them, they still would not believe in him. And if you're waiting for Jesus to come when he does come, you're going to be disappointed because he ain't going to do it like you told him. If you're waiting to know Jesus then, you're... You're waiting for something that you shouldn't be when you can have it right now. Experience Him right now. Know Him right now. 
I get so frustrated. To me, it's like stupid as mayonnaise. I was so tired the other day. I come home from work, and I go to the store, and I'm going to get some stuff. I was like, do you need anything, honey? Because I need some ruffles. I'm like, okay, you're going to eat potato chips. No problem. She can skinny. She can eat cake every day and not a problem. It's not fair. All right? So I go to the store, come back. She's like, where's my potato chips? I was like, what potato chips? Like, I want potato chips. I was like, what kind did you want? She's like, you know what kind I wanted. And I was like, Lay's or Ruffles? I don't remember. And she's like, I want Ruffles. She goes, never mind. She, she's like, you forgot them. I was like, no, I'm going to go back to the store and get them. And she, she's like, no, you don't have to. I was like, no, I am a great husband. I am a great dad. I write it down every morning. So if, I, if I'm going to be a hearer of the word, I might as well be a doer too. So I am a great husband, I tell myself. I'm a great husband, so I drive down. I didn't want to even put my boots on, so I put flip-flops on. And it's cold. And I have, have, have my jacket, and so I'm walking through, through, the, through the store, and, and she calls me, hey, while you're there, can you give me some, some dip? And she's like, like, I don't know, what do you call that stuff, onion dip or whatever? And I was like, sure. And so I'm by the chips looking at onion dip, and she goes, but I don't want the kind in a jar. I'm like, I am a great husband. Okay, honey, what do you want? She's like, I want the packet that, that you make it yourself out of. And she's like, I think I'm going to need sour cream too. And I was like, well, sour cream is just like two notches below mayonnaise, but I can handle that. Right? So I grab the sour cream and I walk over and I can't find the packet. And the lady that's working there says, I'll help you. I was like, you're Jesus. I know you're Jesus because you're saving me. I'm real tired but I'm a great husband, so I'm going to go get this pack. So I get the pack, and I can't read without my glasses, and it's a little bitty typo. I mean, who would do that? I find the pack, and it says ingredients, and it says you need two cups of sour cream and two cups of mayonnaise. Now, if you know me, I hate mayonnaise. I am tired. I have worked a hard day. I am in the middle of the store for the second time in flip-flops, in the rain. I am cold, buying this stuff for my wife because I am a great husband, and now I have to buy mayonnaise. So I walked to the mayonnaise. I was like, honey, I got to get mayonnaise. She's like, what, what size should I get? And I was like, I'm just going to grab this bigger jar and get out of here. I was like, and so I went and got a cart because I didn't have a cart because I didn't want to touch the mayonnaise. Like, that's how bad I hate mayonnaise. I got the cart and grabbed a napkin, touched it, and put it in the cart. And Linda's like, I, I think that might too, be too big. And I'm sitting there, and she goes, I want real mayonnaise. Best food's real mayonnaise. I was like, it doesn't matter if it's real or fake. It sucks. You, why do you even want mayonnaise? Can I just go back and buy the jar of stuff already pre-made? And you know what she says? No, I want real mayonnaise. I said, well, what size of jar do you want? She's like... FaceTime me. So I'm sitting there gagging because, like, I can't even look at mayonnaise. I've got one jar in, in the cart that I grabbed a, a napkin with and put in the cart. And so I take the napkin and put it back out of the cart, looking at it, FaceTiming. And she's like, well, I'm not sure if I want that one or this one or that one. And I'm thinking, ugh, ugh, I'm a great husband. Ugh, I'm a great husband. 
And then, then all of a sudden, I'm like, I am a great husband, but I am in hell right now. I must have died. I am literally in hell. So I was like, Linda, I love you, but I am in hell right now. This is the one you're getting. And so I stuck it in the cart and walked off, and the people around are looking at me like, what's the deal with him? I was like, you should come to church Sunday. I'll tell you about it, right? Right? But I hated it. But you know what I hate even more? is what it's made out of. Because I love eggs. It says made with real eggs, and I don't believe it. I didn't see them make it, and there's no way something so nasty and so vile can be made out of something I love so much. In fact, at that moment, I was anti-egg because it made made mayonnaise. In fact, it got to the point where I wasn't just anti-egg. I was anti-chicken. Wipe them all off the face of the earth, and then I don't have to stand in this aisle being a great husband ever, ever again. I did survive. I'm still a little traumatized by it, can you tell? Thank God for napkins and carts. Like the lady's like, here, do you want a bag or not? And I was like, are you offering me a bag or are you offering two bags? Because I'll take both. I'm not touching that thing again. That's the same way I feel about, about religion to me now. See, there's nothing wrong with chicken. There's nothing wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with the believers. But when we believe wrong, we make mayonnaise. And it's evil. It's rotten. And we want to throw the eggs away. And we want to throw God away because we've had an experience with mayonnaise. How many of you have ever been there? That's not what God intended in our life. He's like, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He's like, are you going to believe in me? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to know me now? Do you want to know who I am? Do you want to know me in the power of my resurrection? Do you want to have a relationship with me now? Do you want to have a relationship with me based on what you do? Or do you want to have a relationship based on what I've done? Because I'll do it either way you want. It's your choice. But I guarantee you, you'll be in that one by yourself, by yourself. He's like, because you're only in it in your head because I already paid for that sin. And you're you're not just going to be eating mayonnaise. You're going to be smearing it on everybody else. Because you haven't had the revelation yet that mayonnaise is evil. So never make yourself good enough. And if you can't make yourself good enough, how am I going to make you good enough? And here's the, here's the thing. Remember I was talking about, about what Will said, well, we're just this little thing in the universe. And I said, well, but we're everything too? Yeah. You'll never make yourself good enough, but you are good enough at the same time because you're the most valuable thing in the universe. You can judge something by what you pay for it. And God paid the highest price for you. You're not junk. You're not broken. The person you don't like, they ain't junk. They might be hurt. They might be trying to figure things out. 
why don't we work on ourselves? Why don't we find him in ourselves? And then we can really help other people. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.